Cheers cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Night, Coach. See you later, Coach. Good night, good night, guys. So, Nami, what do you see? I want to stop off, get a bite to eat. Come on, Cliffy, I have a wife to go home to. Oh, that's all right. We can stop by and pick her up. You know, I haven't met her yet. Uh, I don't think so. Not tonight. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. wait a minute, wait a minute. Who are you ashamed of, uh, me or her? Well, both, I guess. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly and this is another mailbag episode where I address some of the listener feedback we received on the first half of Cheers Season 3. Every episode gets likes and shares and favorites and retweets on social media and I appreciate everyone who spreads the word about this podcast. I doubly appreciate the support the show continues to get after the last mailbag episode at the end of Season 2, where I went on a politically charged rant that I absolutely do not regret, but I know that it might have alienated some listeners. If you stuck with me and the podcast, I love you. For this mailbag episode, like I do with the others, I'm just focusing on the comments left at the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. I am not going to read every comment I got, but I'm going to mention everyone who left a comment on the episodes and highlight one or two comments from each. And then at the end of these, I'll get to a few new iTunes or Apple Podcast reviews. So, starting with Season 3, Episode 1, Rebound, Part 1, with my special guest, Sean Ross. This one received comments from Rob Kelly, Siskoid, Ashford Wright, Paul Wildenberger, and Tim Price. During the episode, I mentioned that Kelsey Grammer played Fraser Crane for 20 straight years in at least three different shows, including Cheers, Fraser, and Wings, and I was pretty sure that there was a fourth, but I couldn't remember. Well, Siskoid was nice enough to check Wikipedia and provide the list of Fraser Crane appearances outside of Cheers and Fraser. It includes... Mickey's 60th Birthday Special from 1988, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color Season 34, Episode 15, Disneyland's 35th Anniversary Celebration from 1990, The Earth Day Special from 1990, Wings Season 3, Episode 16, Planes, Trains, and Visiting Cranes from 1992, The John Larroquette Show Season 3, Episode 1, More Changes from 1995. That was the other show that I couldn't remember, the other sitcom because the others are TV specials. Um, And the last one, a Dr. Pepper TV commercial from 2008. Now, there's also the possibility of a Frasier reunion show, so that would mean more than 20 years as that character. Um, But for the purposes of what we were talking about, at least it was 20 consecutive years. Season 3, Episode 2, Rebound, Part 2, with my guest John Trumbull, got comments from Siskoid, Nick Vector, and Tim Price. There's a scene from a different episode where Frazier is treating Sam and he grabs him by the head and he tell and Sam tells him that he doesn't like it when people touch his head and Frazier says, well, there's our next session. John and I mistakenly thought that that was in this episode and couldn't remember where it was. 
Well, Nick Vector piped in with the comments and said that it was from the Season 4 episode called The Triangle. And now I can remember exactly what the context is for that scene. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's a good one. I like that episode. Uh, so thank you very much, Nick, for pointing that out. Season 3, Episode 3, I Call Your Name, with my guest Omar Yudin, received comments from Jeff R., Rob Kelly, and Tim Price. Jeff R. pointed out that the reason there was a bye week in the schedule between Episodes 2 and 3 was because October 11, 1984, was the day of the vice presidential debate between George Bush and Geraldine Ferrero, uh, who went on to lose and... In a couple of weeks, we will find out if she was the first of three women vice presidential candidates to lose, or just the only Democratic vice presidential female candidate to lose. So, I don't know. That that made sense in my head. Forget about it. Season 3, Episode 4, Fairy Tales Can Come True, with my guest Rick Heineken, received comments from Siskoid, Danny Ulrich, and Tim Price. Danny Ulrich said, I did not remember what songs were playing originally when the show aired, but if you are correct, Ryan, then Cliff has his go-to song of Misty by Johnny Mathis. Cliff sings to Diane in season four. That is a great catch, Danny. I, <laughs> I forgot about that, but yes, uh, there's a scene in, in the future when Cliff is in the car with Diane and he starts singing, Look at me. Oh, very nice. Uh, season 3, Episode 5, Sam Turns the Other Cheek, with my guest Paul Spataro, received comments from Siskoid and Tim Price. Siskoid said, As for my interpretation of Sam's We Were All Hurt by This line, I took it to mean that maybe he had feelings for this woman and she betrayed him, and ultimately put him in this dangerous position. And she was hurt because she wanted to be with Sam and he denied her however we feel about his reasons. So yes, everyone was hurt, but the underlying suggestion is that the first harm was this marriage in which she felt trapped. Uh, Okay, good point. Uh, Season 3, Episode 6, Coach in Love, Part 1, with my guest John Thurman, received comments from Siskoid, Danny Ulrich, and Tim Price. Siskoid said, Before the ending reared its ugly head, I wondered if they were trying to give Calasanto a story out, given his illness, but they may certainly have been wanting to write some bigger parts before the end. I don't know how well known his illness was at the time amongst the cast and crew. Uh, I was going to say, it's hard to imagine he could have or would have kept something like that secret, although now I'm thinking that hardly anybody knew that Chadwick Boseman had cancer prior to his death this past year, including Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, who said that he'd spent the last year writing dialogue for Boseman, expecting him to say it in the sequel. So, uh, I, Anyway, without spoiling anything for later in this season, I would say the writers weren't planning on this being his final season. Um, and and I, that's kind of, I, as Cisco had said, the ending of this episode kind of ruins that theory anyway. But uh, Season 3, Episode 7, Coach in Love, Part 2, with my guest John Thurman again, received comments from Brian Linton, Tim Price, and Siskoid. Brian Linton said, The only reason I know anything about Corfu is that I watched the Masterpiece Theater series, The Durls in Corfu. It's an autobiographical story about a widow and her four children moving from England to Corfu in the mid-1930s. 
They make the move because the family is experiencing financial problems and the cost of living is much lower in Corfu. In that respect, the Pensacola analogy may have some applicability. Or perhaps not, since Cheers isn't set in the 1930s. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that little, uh, that little uh, background information. I like that. Uh, season 3, Episode 8, Diane Meets Mom, with my guest Brandon Davis, received comments from Siskoid, Doug Vandiver, Tim Price, and Steve Rogers. Siskoid corrected me. On the episode, I inaccurately recalled that Norm had a tattoo removed from his butt at the hospital. It's actually a mole removal, not a tattoo. However, as I pointed out in the comments, Norm will get a tattoo down there by the end of Season 11, so just give it some time. Uh, season 3, Episode 9, An American Family, with my guest Rob Kelly, received comments from Jeff R., Rob Kelly, Siskoid, and Tim Price. Jeff R. said the designated hitter rule starts in 1973, which Wikipedia suggests as the beginning of Sam's career. But with only one championship, he would have likely had only a tiny handful of away games to be at bat, if any. He would have been a good use for the double switch as a relief pitcher, so it's impossible for him to have had a small non-zero batting average unless Wikipedia is wrong and he was called up from the minor leagues in 1972. Or they were talking about his minor league batting average when he might have been a starter, but were those stats even available back then? All good questions. I have no idea. I uh, <laughs> I, I do not keep track of the stats that very, that well. But um, thank you. I mean, that's very cool of, of having that information. So I don't. Have we said? I, I'm trying to think how long the if they if Wikipedia thinks his career started in '73. That suggests his career was his major league career was only five years. For some reason, that seems short to me. But I don't re- I don't remember anymore. So. Uh, season 3, Episode 10, Diane's Allergy, with my guest Marlene Stemmy, received comments from Danny Ulrich, Siskoid, and Tim Price. Siskoid said, You guys didn't think that Sam orchestrated that last exchange to release Diane from her hangups? Like, fun is fun, but then fine, let's help her and Fraser while still teasing Fraser that one last scare. I kind of read it that way, perhaps to escape my big problem with the episode, namely the cruelty. I could not stand the subplot about Carla's gifts, and we have to commend Perlman for making Carla so touching, and how, whether it was in character or not, Diane and Fraser really, or made sense or not, did Cliff not understand the task, people were being cruel to her. In the A-plot, Sam calls a dog Diane, refuses to give Fraser back his dog, which is why I say this is part of the scheme, why would you do that to anyone? There's just so much cruelty on the show. For me, this was one of the weakest episodes you've yet covered. Uh, that is uh, that is surprising because I certainly never took that. I mean, yes, the the cruelty, but it's still, I still took it in jest as these are characters who fundamentally love each other, even with Carla. And given how much Carla terrorizes them and constantly pokes fun at them, um, if it's if it's cruel to give her a gag gift, I, I don't. I don't know. I I did not take it that personally, and I never really thought that Sam was going to keep the dog. But I didn't necessarily think it was that he was that his end goal was to kind of help Diane get over this. I don't think I don't know if he cared that much. But I don't know. We'll see. I I I never took it as wanton cruelty more than gentle kind of like ridding and and messing with people uh, more as as a friend is wont to do. So, I don't know. I, I still think it's a stronger episode, maybe because that's the way that I read it. But 
All right, moving on to Season 3, Episode 11, Peterson Crusoe, with my guest Mike Gillis. Received comments from Marlene Stemmy, Tim Price, and Steve Platt. Marlene said, I really liked Mike's comment that Norm's two loves are Vera and Cheers, and that he is off balance when something goes wrong with either of them. It's interesting to think of how Norm might talk to Vera about Cheers. I think Cheers has a thread throughout the entire show that builds Norm's philosophy of life, and Peterson Crusoe is an early version. He thinks he should do something bigger with his life. Later, he tells Diane that he's happy to be a benchwarmer in life. Much later, he tells Rebecca that you have to take life as it comes when he loses his dream job. Norm is consistent from Pearson Crusoe through the finale. I think George Wendt is the supporting character in the cast that can best carry an episode on his own. Norm episodes have their own spirit. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, and Steve Platt said, absolutely love the podcast. Unfortunately, I found it only a month or two ago, and I've been playing catch-up. I'm about eight episodes behind now, but I should be caught up in the next week or so. My question is this, do you have a running leaderboard or tally on who has the most Employee of the Week awards? I'd imagine it's a lot less work than ranking the episodes, and maybe even easier to tally than adding Norm's beer count. Just a thought for whatever that's worth. Hopefully, once I'm caught up, I can leave more episode-centric comments. Keep up the amazing work, Ryan. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, th- thank you first for discovering the show and, and liking it and enjoying with it as much as you do. Um, I really like that suggestion, actually. I, I haven't been doing that, uh, of keeping a tally of which characters have won the most MVP or listener of the week, or, sorry, employee of the week awards. Um, but I, I think I will start doing that now, and hopefully, if I can, if I can backtrack through the first couple seasons, then hopefully by the next mailbag episode, which will be at the end of season three, maybe then I can present you with, uh, which, which members of the main cast and which guests have the most consistent, uh, employees of the week, uh, awards and everything between both my picks and the guests. So, very, very, very cool. Uh, and finally, Season 3, Episode 12, A Ditch in Time, with my guest Tim Price, received comments from Siskoid and Rob Kelly. Rob said, I think the whole episode is worth it for the way Kane, reacting to the news that Sam is the guy Diane has been talking about in therapy, says, Sam is Ralph? Almost like she's Ralph Wiggum or something. This just does not compute. Uh, and then Rob added, Tim is crossing off his fire and water bingo card with extreme prejudice. <laughs> yeah, t- Tim has been making the rounds, guesting on at least one of our podcasts every week for like the last two months. So, um, And he's exempted from leaving a comment on this last episode since he was the guest. All right, moving on to some brand new Apple Podcasts or iTunes reviews. These are all five-star reviews, which is very, very appreciated. Uh, the first one is from Cavmary63, said, Great way to rewatch Cheers episodes. Love the MVP and home run selections at the end of each podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, LolaBell17 said, Ryan and guests take you through the series episode by episode with great humor and little-known facts about the show's contributors. Covers all of the highlights and the occasional low lives. Perfect companion to a Cheers rewatch. Also brings back memories if you haven't watched it in years. Again, thank you for saying so. That's awesome. Uh, B-Way Pat, B-Way Pat, not sure if I said that, but B-Way Pat said, 
Like many other people, I started working through the Cheers canon and have really enjoyed this podcast. I like to listen to it on long Saturday runs, reliving the episodes I've watched during the week. Great guests, good insights, and background on the episodes. Thank you again. And the last one, Lucha Kaiju, <laughs> love that name. Lucha Kaiju said, rewatching Cheers after growing up with its original run, collecting the DVD sets, and now in streaming. Just discovered this podcast and am catching up. This podcast, like the show itself, is a masterpiece. Masterpiece, really? You can tell the hosts love the show and did their homework. They aren't trying to be the show. They are enhancing the show with analysis and just the kind of behind-the-scenes info I was hoping for. Excellent stuff, and this will be one of the rare podcasts I listen to every episode of. What a great find. Phew, thank you very much. Uh, a masterpiece is high praise. Um, and then Lucha Kaiju could have just left it at that, um, but they go on to say... This far, far exceeds the norm, and I'm glad I found it. You will be, too. Like the bar, it feels like home. I write this in 2020. As we endure the ravages of a pandemic caused by an incompetent, corrupt, racist oligarchy led by a malevolent con artist who brags about sexually assaulting women, takes from the poor to give to the rich, and breaks the law flagrantly and without consequence, we need the world of cheers, a world where people are flawed but genuinely care about and protect each other more than ever. This podcast is a perfect companion to the show. Woo, wow, that's a <laughs> that's incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad you found the show and enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy making it. Um, definitely sounds like we're on the same page. Um, uh, and yeah, that that same that same gratitude, that same appreciation goes out to all of the listeners and everyone who leaves feedback. Special shout-outs to both Siskoid and Tim Price for leaving comments on damn near every episode. Um, but even if you don't, even if you only leave one comment, even if you only like or share on Facebook, even if you just listen to the show and I never know, I still thank you very, very much for that. I love that the show continues to find new fans. Hopefully that will continue. Um, next week, there won't be a new episode of Cheerscast. I'm going to release a Halloween episode of Midnight the Podcasting Hour, but Cheerscast will return on Thursday, November 5th. Until then, thank you all for listening. As always, you can support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook and Twitter, or you can leave a comment on the website at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Cheerscast is also available to download on Spotify. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to all of our patrons, and especially Mike Gillis from Radio vs. the Martians, Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, and Ashford Wright from the Right On Network, who sponsor this show. For more information on how you can support the network in general, or this podcast in particular, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Hey, Nick. This is Bride. How you doing, Sam? You dumped Carla by now, right? Well, we're no longer going together, but Carla dumped me. She dumped you? Mm-hmm. Sam, you boggle me. Oh, wait a second. I did dump that blonde waitress there. <laughs>